morning. I miss Sarah's taking away my stool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're judges, you're fine. I'm I'm a weirdo. I like preaching with the um the the Yeah. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? Good, good. Okay, so um so excited to be able to bring the word this morning and thankful just for the opportunity just to be in fellowship with one another and just to share uh, the Lord's word for a few minutes and just continue to grow in relationship with the Lord, um, not only as uh, people individually, but also as a church family together. Um, you know, if you didn't know, Pastor Jason and Joy are not here today, um, but they're actually down in Flomaton um, visiting the legendary Pastor Albathay. If you know Pastor Albathay, we know we love him up here. Um, we got to pray for him, but we love him. Um, but I think this is the first chance or the first um, Sunday morning where they're actually able to go to as a family, um, share in, correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Sandy, but like for the, the first Sunday morning that they're able to go to a church together as like the bishop's family. So it's a pretty cool experience for them and be praying for them. And um, I know he's going to bring an amazing word down there at the flow. But that means I have the great um, ability and the great responsibility that he's given me to be able to give you the word this morning. So I love that and I appreciate and just am so thankful for every opportunity um, just to be able to give the Lord's word. So we've been in a series um, the past four, three weeks, uh, One Another. And it's really been a good series to start off our um, year, which is crazy that it's almost February. Um, like, just this January has flown by. I don't know about y'all, but I literally looked at my my uh, phone uh, the other day, and I was like, it's the 27th? Like, my goodness. So, anywho, um, the year's already flying by, and it'll be 2024 before we know it. But in this new year, um, I think there's an importance of us to share in fellowship and share in communication and share in friendship and relationship with one another. Um, Pastor Jason talked for the first two weeks about the importance of it and how we are to pursue that and how we're to be thankful for that. And Miss Joy picked up last week talking about the importance of bearing. And that was a really cool message. Like, if you, if you weren't here for that, I definitely encourage you to go back and watch it because when she said the word bear, I was like, I kind of thought of their dog bear at first, um, which if you don't know, he's an absolute cutie. But then when she got into it, like it was a really good message and one in which, you know, talking about how we can bear good fruit and bear the light of Christ and bear each other's burdens and things like that. So if you haven't, definitely encourage you to go go back and watch um, just the different sermons in this series. But today I kind of want to talk to you about one word in general. Now, if there was a Christian 101 class that we all took, um, this word would probably be at the very top of the vocabulary list. Now, you know, we've all heard this word and we've all heard it mentioned, but I think what the Lord is speaking us, to us today and what he wants to get across is like a new revelation of this word and how we put it into effect in our lives. And so the word that I want to talk to you about today is the word fellowship. So fellowship, three syllables, I think, fellowship. So fellowship. Now, what does it mean? Because, I mean, there's obviously different ways in which we can fellowship with one another. There's obviously different ways in which we can spend time with one another. Like, you know, for some of us, it might be going out to eat together. For some of us, it might be spending time together. For some of us, you know, you hear that word often 
in the church after, you know, we eat or after we get done with church saying, hey, let's spend some time and let's fellowship together. But what does that word truly, truly mean? Because I don't think it just means us just being together, but I think it actually means us doing something together. So fellowship doesn't just mean us like being with one another, but it means us actually doing things together, like getting to learn more about one another, you know, being intent and being intentional about spending time with one another. So I've kind of got a cool example for you this morning, kind of to highlight that. Um, I did not check with him to see if I could tell this story, so uh, you know how that those sometimes go, so pray for grace if it's not okay to share it, but I think it is. It's a pretty cool story. Um, so back when, back about two months ago, when it was the busy season at Priesters, and you know, I was waking up at 6 or 6.30 every morning, which is really early for me. Like for some of y'all, it might just be like, you know, <laughs> 6 o'clock, that's just like 8 o'clock to me. Like that's just early, not early at all. But your boy, it was, it was early to him. <laughs> I don't know why. So um, I w- would wake up at 6 or 6.30 every morning to go to work. Um, and on my commute to work, I would always pass by McDonald's. Now, if you know me, you obviously know I'm a sucker for McDonald's. Like, it it is my place, okay? The French fries cannot compare anywhere else. But I would always pass by McDonald's on my way to work. And, yeah, me being hungry at 6.30 in the morning, McDonald's makes a really good chicken biscuit. So figured, hey, why not swing in and get a chicken biscuit? So I did that for about two or three days, and like two or three days in a row at one point. But in that, every morning, I noticed there was a specific black Jeep in the parking lot every single morning. I was like, hmm, who, like, like, who comes here like every morning? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, I, I recognize whose car this is, but like, I recognize who it is. So, you know, one morning I walk in, and it's Mr. Jimmy sitting in a booth, like, spending time with, like, four or five uh, of his uh, closest friends, and every morning what they do, and correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Carolyn, but, like, every morning that I pass by, even now, um, I don't really wake up at 6.30 in the morning anymore because that's just way too early, but every morning that I pass by, I would always see the black Jeep there, and so, you know, me being me, it became one of those things where every morning it would be my, like, even if I didn't go to McDonald's, I would always look to the left, like, because it just put so much, a big smile on my face to see Mr. Jimmy's car there. And so, but I got to thinking about that, and, you know, the Lord kind of just, you know, I don't know how this example got brought about, only God knows, um, but, like, it was so cool to be able to see that, you know, Mr. Jimmy just wasn't being, or wasn't just with one another at McDonald's, like they were actively doing things together, like they were actively spending time in fellowship and connection with one another, like probably talking about tons of stories, like I couldn't even imagine the stories that they talk about and how many they have to share, um, but also just growing in relationship with one another and in connection and in a bond. And so, like looking at that, I believe that's kind of the same kind of fellowship that God wants us to have with one another is to, you know, seek after one another and to seek to not only have fellowship with one another, but also to base that fellowship based upon a fellowship with him. Because, you know, and we're going to get into the meaning of, you know, what it, what is true fellowship today and also how do we like put that into effect into our own lives. 
So, I mean, also, if you're ever, like, up at 6 or 6.30 in the morning now, and you ever, you know, drive by McDonald's and see Mr. Jimmy's car, just think, just think, I mean, hey, this could be a, this could be you in a, in a few years. Because, um, like, hey, that's what I want, that screams small town Alabama to me. Like, in 50 years, that's what I want to be doing. So, props to Mr. Jimmy there. I know he enjoys it, and it puts the biggest smile on my face every time I see it. So, anywho, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about what fellowship truly is. So fellowship is participating, contributing, and spending time with a group of people who desire that same thing. It's participating, contributing, and spending time with a group of people who desire that same thing. I think it's important for us to want to fellowship with one another because one of the, bigot, one of the enemy's biggest strategies is trying to get the thought into our head that if we isolate ourselves, we're far better off than we are when we're together. You know, it's easy for us to, like, self-isolate in, like, times of trouble or times of, you know, worry or discouragement and think we can do it on our own, when in reality we never can because that's not how God desires us, you know, to fight off his, the enemy's tactics and t- try to fight off the things that he tries us to uh, put on us. You know, he wants us to be strengthened in community and in fellowship with one another. But if we're going to be strengthened in fellowship with one another and if we're going to be available to spend time in community, then we have to know where true fellowship originates from, which is none other than the Lord himself. So we're going to go to 1 John this morning. Because I believe that statement about how true fellowship with the Lord um, comes about you know, is hidden. The basis of it is hidden in this verse in First John. Um, I'm going to take a sprite break. Still have not graduated the coffee in the past two months, so pray pray for uh, deliverance there. Um. Okay, so we're going to start off in verse one, and this is John speaking. He says, "This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you." God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So if we go back to verse 5 here, John says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. You know, if you remember, you know, John and Peter and Simon and all of these people in the Bible, um, spent time with Jesus. They were there to see his miracles. They were there to see him feeding the 5,000. They were there to see you know, him go to the cross and resurrect on the third day. So they, they were there. They were there to see him in all of his glory and all of his honor. And in that, it encouraged them and inspired them through the Holy Spirit to share this with others. So he says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. Uh-oh. Uh, let's see. Can we rewind or rewind to verse five, Mr. Scott? So it says, "God is light; in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth." So, if we're wanting to have fellowship with community, then we obviously have to recognize that fellowship here from me to the Lord, has to happen before it can truly happen with others. You know, if, we're not, if, if this relationship is right, then these relationships will be right as well. 
Because it says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, but walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. It's important, I think, for us to understand that fellowship with God brings about an increased desire to fellowship with others. And in that, when we desire to fellowship with others, others can see that light of Christ in us. You know, Jesus himself identifies himself as the light of the world back in Matthew 5. And he says to us to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Now, the light of Christ can't shine if we're walking in the darkness and walking in the ways of this world. But if we're walking in his ways and his words and who God is and who he tells us he is and who he wants us to become and walk in the light of Christ, we will have true fellowship not only with him, but also with others. It goes on to say in verse or verse 7, like once again, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You see the word one another. That's what we've been learning about. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So true fellowship with one another only can occur because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's because of what he has done and who he is that we have the ability to come into connection and come into relationship not only with him, but in that have fellowship with one another. So, you know, in this life and, you know, in the ways in which we walk in this world, sometimes it's hard to can we like if we'll be honest sometimes it's hard to have fellowship with the lord because our flesh kicks in and tells us things that you know sound right in the time and might promise like temporary pleasure but ultimately lead us astray from the lord like we can be honest and like I'll tell you I think and we can all speak for ourselves we don't really fellowship with one another as much as we need to you know maybe it's because we don't have enough time or claim to not have enough time or maybe it's because we tend to isolate ourselves or things like that. But what God is saying is he wants us to have fellowship with him and to recognize the importance of growing in relationship with him because when relationship is grown in, in him and whenever we're seeking after him and we're, whenever we're making him our adoration and our focus, then he puts into our lives a desire to know one another better. So I think of, there's many examples you know, in the Word about people who had true fellowship with one another. But the Scripture that I want to go to today and the passage of Scripture um, that I want to talk about uh, comes from At- the book of Acts, um, chapter 2. So before we get into uh, the v- verse 42, um, and just a little bit of pretext and context, um, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, you know, Jesus has went to the cross. He's resurrected on the third day and spends a period of 40 days on the earth. You know. But before he ascends back up to heaven, he tells his disi- or the disciples to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised unto them. Now, you know, Jesus you know, ascends to heaven, and the disciples are left to wait for the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit and to be baptized in it. 
But in their waiting, obviously, we see they don't wait. They go to the upper room, and they start praying in one mindset and in one accord with one another, you know, awaiting the promise of the Holy Spirit you know, and them being baptized in it. Chapter 2 starts off with the day of Pentecost coming, and they're baptized in the Spirit, and it empowers them to go out and do the very mission and the very work that God has called them to do. So, you know, Peter, we all know who Peter is, um, is empowered by the Spirit, and he goes out and preaches the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you read through chapter uh, 2, um, 2 verse 42, we see that over 3,000 people are saved because of the message of Christ and are baptized in the Holy Spirit from such because the Spirit has empowered Peter and the rest of the disciples to preach the gospel. So verse 42 starts off with this. It says they, you know, pertaining to the new disciples and the new people who have um, believed in Christ, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So you see that word right here again. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number, their number daily those who were being saved. So if we go back to verse 42, we can kind of you know, dissect what it meant for the new disciples of the time to chase after and to devote themselves to the Lord. You know, I think they recognize that if they're going to be able to have true fellowship with one another, then they're going to have to, you know, first and foremost, devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, which was the gospel of Christ. Devote themselves to knowing Christ. You know, just as, you know, Paul put it in Philippians 3.10, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, obviously, that, that was, from that desire, it grew to being a, fellow, a desire to fellowship with one another. You know, it talks about everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. You know, fellowship with the Lord and fellowship, you know, knowing that you know, he is worthy of it. And in relationship with him, we receive something that cannot be received or, or something that cannot be fulfilled anywhere else brought about a desire in their hearts to fellowship with one another. You know, it goes on to tell us that in verse 45, that fellowship, you know, grew inside of their hearts a desire to give. You know, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Once again, fellowship tells us, and it, and it demonstrates unto us, something in our heart that can grow, which is having a giving heart. You know, verse 46 Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. You know, what is fellowship in this instance? You know, spending time together with one another. 
They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What does fellowship do do here? It increases the amount of thankfulness and the amount of gratitude that they had toward the Lord because they had known what he had done and what he would continue to do in their lives. So fellowship did a lot for the early church. You know, if they weren't, you know, had if they didn't have the mindset and if they didn't have the knowledge it took to realize that without having fellowship with one another, that they would never be able to fulfill the calling and to fulfill the mission that they that Jesus had given them, then they probably, well not probably, they would not have been able to fulfill that very thing. So fellowship for the early church was so key, and being in community with one another was so important into fulfilling that call that Jesus had given them. So, you know, I think we can look to the early church ourselves and realize that there's an importance of being in fellowship with one another, an importance of spending time with one another, and an importance of building bonds and building connections and building a relationship not only with those who you know, we already have relationship with, but also those who we don't. Um, because if it's to say if, if I have true fellowship with the Lord first, then that desire in my heart to have true fellowship and, then, and to experience the fulfillment that he promises through it um, will begin to be in my heart. If I have true fellowship with Sean and Sean has true fellowship with Hayes, then there begins to be a fellowship among the three of us that not only contributes to us individually, but also as a whole. So, you know, we've kind of established what is fellowship. You know, how do we, what we've established, what is fellowship and who does fellowship come from? But the question remains, why should we desire fellowship in our lives today? Like, what, what, what contributes to it? Like, why should we just not go and isolate ourselves or, you know, why should we not just leave church as soon as it ends and not spend time with the people of God? Um, I want to give you four reasons today on why I believe the Lord desires us to spend time with one another in fellowship. So I promise these are not going to be too, too long. Um, but I do believe that these four are ones in which he desires to communicate us to us today. So the first reason I believe the Lord has put fellowship on our hearts is this, is because it draws us closer to the Lord. Because it draws us closer to the Lord. So if we're spending time with one another, and if we're spending time with people of like-minded faith, and people who are encouraging us and helping us, you know, in our walk with the Lord and, you know, are like shining the light of Christ, then that is going to be what is in, what is being put inside of our hearts as well. It only encourages us to be, you know, people who seek after the Lord even more and to be people who seek after his ways and his words and all that he is. So fellowship draws us, the individual, closer to the Lord. Because there's something about being involved with others that grows a desire to know Christ better. You know, 
it's easy to say that in the toughest moments of life that we've got it and we're able to you know, handle it on our own. But when those moments come, you know, I don't know about you, but every time that like, I kind of isolate myself from others and the hardest moments of life come, I kind of fall flat on my face because you know, I'm not being strengthened by others and I'm not you know, recognizing the need and the availability they have to help me through those situations. So fellowship draws us closer to the Lord. It's because we recognize that because we have fellowship with others and because we see you know, the love of Christ in others, then that begins to be something that we desire for ourselves as well. So the f- first thing is that fellowship draws us closer to the Lord. The second thing is this, is that fellowship brings about life-giving connections. Fellowship brings about life-giving connections. You know, I think we all can recognize that, you know, if we're going to truly fellowship with one another, then obviously we're going to make friendships and connections and relationships in such. And I know that's what God wants for us as well, is because he wants us to experience, you know, his people in our lives because he knows that we cannot walk in this life alone. You know, that's the reason that when he, back in Genesis, he said, when he said, that it's crossing my mind right now. Let's see. Um, that he would make a helper suitable for Adam, because he knew that alone, you know, God knows that we're we we cannot walk in this life alone, but rather with His people. So fellowship brings about life giving connections that can only contribute and can only help to our walk with the Lord. You know. The Lord's, word, the Lord's word says in Ecclesiastes this, in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 9. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So there's a recognition that two are better than one. Because, you know, in this life, we're going to fall down and we're going to, you know, have moments in which we just are struggling and don't know what to do and um, might just feel like just pain or, you know, just not in the best of moments. But in that, the life-giving connections that are found through fellowship with one another can only help us and strengthen us and encourage us because we know that God can work through our connections in order to do a work through us. You know, God can work through our connections and the connections that he places in our lives to do the work that he desires to in us. So, you know, I don't know about you, but there have been countless people in my life who have introduced me um, to new things about the Lord and introduced me to desiring the Lord more that God is working through and that God has worked through and will continue to work through. Um, to do his very work in my life. And the same is for you as well. Because the right connections and good life-giving connections only bring about an increased recognition of the goodness of the Lord. It only brings about 
an increased recognition of who God is and how glorious he is, you know, not only in our lives, but also, you know, in, every, in, in everyone's lives as well. So, you know, the second thing in that God wants us to experience fellowship because it brings about life-giving connections and the people in which he desires for us to experience life with. The third thing that fellowship does is it brings about unity. It establishes unity. Um, I kind of was thinking about this um, earlier, and this is the craziest, I'm, what I'm about to tell you, like, the Lord works anywhere, because this example kind of came uh, while I was in the shower. So, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like, do y'all ever talk to the Lord in the shower? Like, maybe it's just me, um, but like, you know, I don't know, it's just, you know, just, it's, 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 a, it's a place in which you know you're not doing anything else. Um, so, you know, you're just, you know, you're just encouraged to talk to the Lord there. Um, but so the Lord kind of laid this example on my heart in the shower. So just a funny story. Um, but do you ever know how, like, or do you see how, like, let's just say Friday nights before a big college football game, how every team has a dinner, like a team dinner together. You know, they're always... You know, we're doing something together at least. Or maybe it's a Sunday or Saturday morning breakfast or something. Now, you know, when you think about it, they're not just, you know, spending or they're not just eating dinner together just to waste time or just to, you know, um, say they ate together. But I believe there's a reason that they do it. It's because it builds unity. It builds trust and it builds a bond, and it builds friendships and connections that will hopefully carry onto the field in a few hours when they play. Now, for some teams, this is you know more evident to see Auburn not being one of them. Um, <laughs> you know, we know we know how you know. Hey, it's a, it's a new season next year. It's a new new, new season. Um, but you know, regardless of that, um, we see that you know unity. In those moments, you know, can build trust and can build bonds and can build just um, an availability to know that they're united behind one specific goal, which is to go out there on Saturday and to win. Um, so in our lives today and, you know, in, in our lives as, a com- as the community and as the people of the Lord, I believe unity has to be one of the biggest things that we kind of grasp and desire because without it and without experiencing it and growing in it we'll never be able to fulfill the mission that God has called us to because unity centers us around the same focus if you're at Tiger Walk or I don't know what Alabama the Walk of Champions is that what Alabama calls it um I think it is. I don't know. Um, the Walk of Champions or Tiger Walk, you know how, like, the band always plays the instruments. Now, you know, the trombone player can't be playing in, in a different – he could be playing something completely different, or the the bass player or the drum player could be playing something completely different. But if they're playing something completely different, you're going to be able to hear that that's completely different than what uh, it's supposed to sound like. So in, there's another example. In the bands, and, you know, in that, there's an importance of unity in what they're playing. You know, to hear, 
you know, a really good song. If, if you're going to hear the, good, the Auburn fight song like you want to hear it, you better hope that there's unity within one another and within their instruments and that, 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 that they're playing in the right manner. So unity centers us around one specific focus. You know, it enables us to go out and not only make Christ known, you know, in our communities, but from there make Christ known throughout our state and throughout our nation and throughout the world. Because, you know, if you look back at stories in the Bible, when, when, they, when the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho, did they do it, you know, separate? Or did they do it isolated from one another? Or did they do it without unity? No, it took unity to establish and to bring about the plan that God had you know, for them. You know, when the early church and when the disciples went up to pray um, in the upper room before they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, were they praying separate prayers? No, they were, they were in unity and in harmony and in accord with one another. So when fellowship establishes unity in our church today, it enables us to go out and to do the very thing that God has called us to do. And then finally, fellowship expands the kingdom. So first thing first, fellowship draws us closer to the Lord. The second thing is fellowship brings about life-giving connections. The third thing, that fellowship establishes unity. And the fourth thing is that fellowship expands the kingdom. It's that fellowship expands the kingdom. So if our focus and our goal and the desire in our heart is to see others' lives changed and transformed by the wonder-working power of the Lord, then it's going to require us to have fellowship with one another. It's going to first establish, or require us to be established in unity, but in that, our unity can lead to um, an ability to do something and a far, better, uh, a far better ability in expanding the kingdom of the Lord and expanding the light of Christ and letting, it, letting our light shine before others than it would have had we not been in fellowship. Because we know what Jesus says in Matthew 28 when he says this. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, fellowship. You know, it's a simple word, but I believe a word that God wants us to begin to take more seriously Um. And not just you know push it off, and not just say that we're so busy that we can't do it with others, or to say that you know we just don't have time to, or um, that, that we just don't need to because we've got it, we've got we can handle this life on our own. Because he wants us to realize that in true fellowship, first with him, but with him, 
it begins to, he begins to give a desire to fellowship with one another. And in the fellowship with him, it increases our relationship and it makes us, you know, develop a, an even better increasing relationship with the Lord. It establishes unity within not only our families and not only um, in our church, but also with others and at our jobs and um, in just our daily walks uh, and, and like what we just do daily. It expands his kingdom in that it, insp- it can inspire others to see the light of Christ. And finally, it just opens us up to realizing that in true fellowship, we find that we're better together with one another, with the people of God, than we are apart. There's an importance in recognizing, I think, that you know we were not meant to walk in this or in this life alone. And I'll speak like for for me, there's been so many times that I've kind of had those thoughts and kind of like just desire to just you know not fellowship with one another. But I would say every time that I don't do it, then I don't truly experience what God has for me. Because what he has for me is true fellowship and is, you know, the ability to know that others want to, or that he wants to bless me, not only through others, but for me to be a blessing unto them as well. So fellowship. It's an important part of our walk with the Lord. And it's important thing and it's an important thing that we do because I believe God wants us to grow not only in fellowship first and foremost with him, but in the growth of the fellowship with him, then a, a desire and a and a warning and a longing begins to be put in our heart to grow in it with others. So, let's pray. Dear Lord, we're just so thankful, God. We're just so thankful that you've just given us the ability to just know you, Lord Jesus. We're just thankful, God, just to have the ability to first and foremost just come and just learn more about you, Father. To just grow in a relationship and grow in a love to know you more in our lives today, God. We thank you that in this life, God, you've given us people and you've given us one another to just not only know each other for you know ourselves, but also so that others may know us as well. And in this life, what you desire for us is a life of fellowship. It's a life of spending time, you know, participating, partaking in what you have for us, God, because. In that, God, we find that you want to bring a joy to our heart and just a fulfillment of having one another in this life. God, we just thank you today that what fellowship does in our lives is something that is truly remarkable. And we thank you, God, that what fellowship does in bringing about a closer relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, and we just ask that to just grow inside of our hearts, Lord. We thank you that it establishes unity, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that in in our lives today, unity is so important to fulfilling the call that you have for us, not only individually, but also as a church. 
We thank you that through fellowship, God, you bring about life-giving connections, ones that will be so beneficial to our walk with you, God. And we thank you that through fellowship, we see your kingdom expanded. We see your name made known. And we see you receive all the honor and all the praise and all the glory forever and more. And so I just want to ask you today, if fellowship is your desire, and if your desire is to grow in fellowship with one another, and to be more intentional about spending time not only with the Lord, but also with others. If that's you, we just raise your hand. Let's just pray that together. And my hand's right up with you. Amen. 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 God, you see our hands, and you see our wanting and our longing to spend more time and to be more intentional with your people. Because it's when we do that, Lord, And it's when we're more intentional with you that we see the true life-giving connections begin to form in our lives and begin to speak life into our situations, Lord Jesus. We thank you that in you there's found true peace and that in you we find who we truly are. And we thank you for just bringing about your creation into this life. And we thank you for your people. And we just ask that in the days and in the weeks and in the months and in the years ahead, God, let our hearts be focused on just loving people and to grow in relationship, not only with you, Lord Jesus, but from that to grow in relationship with one another. It's in your mighty and it's in your precious and it's in your wonderful name, I pray. Amen. Well, amen. Um.